0: But she got groupies. She ain't no actress, but she makes podcasts. And when she's just that thing around, everybody be breaking a neck like who that girl, who that girl, who that girl. Hello, hello, welcome back to the show. Thank God my dog just decided to start barking a cool, calm, easy breezy 11 seconds in to this podcast. I was just about to say, Jet, that it is still Tuesday as I'm recording this. As I mentioned, I wasn't up an atom for a 7 a.m. launch time per usual, but I know you guys stream throughout the week. You do your thing while I'm out here doing my thing, and I'm here in your headphones. I'm here in your Bluetooth speaker. I hope you don't listen to this podcast on straight up speaker, that would be a not safe for work, not safe for the ears of a lot of your loved ones if they're not already in the know. And uh, it's just one of the worst things you can do ever, right? I was getting my nails done, actually fixed the other day and a video started playing and it just gives you that worst feeling ever. Like I am the biggest a-hole in the room right now. I'm not even watching anything important. It is not life or death, but I can still not seem to regulate despite 17 million software updates I've done throughout my life. The noise volume on Instagram videos. Jet, this is not going to happen. I know we don't have Aaron here. I know we're not at the senior botanistas to get away from your four-legged ass, but we're not going to do it. My dog is barking because why here, hold on. Come here. Jack, come. Come. Come here, buddy. He's a little camera shy. I'm trying to get him on the mic. Come here. Come here. Come on the microphone. We can do that. Come on. He's got a particular spot. He was just snoozing in. Do you want to tell everybody why you're barking on the podcast? Anything? Come here. No, you can come here. All right, I'll tell you why he's barking. It's because it's windy out. It is windy. There are flurries falling, leaves hitting the windows of my home. And so help me God, if my winter wonderland that has been created outside my home with my mom over the past few weeks gets ruined because of the wind, I'll be devastated because I can't, you can't redo it. And this is also why, if you do jump the gun on decorating for the holidays, you do it during the warmer weather because right now it is too goddamn cold to go out there and fix all these balls. I... Can almost guarantee you guys have never seen as many balls as you will see in my household. Okay, we have balls everywhere. There are large balls, small balls, pairs of balls, three, three balls at once. I mean, we're juggling a lot over here. And if they start to spill out until the streets of Saratoga, I'm not going to be able to put them back where the way that I found them. So, anyway, welcome to the show, T.G.I.T. Uh, apologies for the delay again deep breath, drinking eggnog tea. It's really weird and I put too much milk in it. And I know nobody asked me. This is a good one. I always think about like things that your parents used to tell you that were true when you were little and then you kind of just live your whole life believing that it was a real thing that they would say. Did anybody's parents ever tell them that if you ate like really crunchy bread, it would help like your teeth health? Like, I remember my dad used to go to Perecas Bakery a lot uh, when he was out for work for the day, and he would come home with Pereca's bread for the fam. Like, saved the day Superman vibes. Like, he brings it up every time I say him in Schenectady. He's like, do you remember when you were little, I used to go to Perecas and bring the bread home, and you know this is Superman level if you've ever had Pereca's bread, because it really is so good, but you know, like leftover bread, day old bread. I don't know if he was balling on a budget what he was working with, but if you toasted that bread up, you were a kid, maybe it was a little extra crunchy, they wanted you to eat it. But my parents would tell me if you ate the super crunchy, day old, slightly burnt, you know, hard edged bread, your teeth would be like, a plus plus and i just remember being like i love crunchy bread i'm going to eat the crunchy bread all day long make it crunchy and make my teeth the star of the show is that true like is that actually true i don't know what made me think of this i think i was eating some crunchy bread probably over the holidays i recently felt as though speaking of my dog who's now as cool as a cucumber chilly and cozy at the same time um I've never given my dog any like dental health things because I just know those green like toothbrush looking things like he's never going to eat that at all. And then I heard over the weekend that someone was like, Oh, no, it's so good for your dog. My dog eats them all the time. So I wanted to get some. And uh, maybe that's what made me think of it. I did get him some but they weren't green. They were peanut butter flavored and he eventually ate it. But um, yeah, I love crunchy bread, baby. I'm getting sweaty just thinking about it. And it also reminds me of that meme that Uh, I keep seeing that's like, do you ever remember a sandwich that you had years ago? Like totally unprompted. You're thinking of the sandwich. Yes, baby. All day. I think of sandwiches 23 hours a day. I'm pretty sure one that just hit off the dome real quick right now. The Wendy's Friscata sandwich. I believe that's what it was called. It was the introduction of ciabatta bread to the United States of America. Okay. This is a carb heavy podcast. Buckle the fuck up. It was the introduction of ciabatta bread, okay? The year was, I would say, somewhere between 2003 and 2006, okay? You're you're entering a new realm. You're moving on from Happy Meals, and you're becoming a young woman. You're becoming a young, a young adult. And you see the ad for frescata sandwiches, you know? It looks fresh. It looks healthy. It's from Wendy's. You feel your boobs growing in at the exact moment you see this commercial on TV. You're no longer intrigued by that Happy Meal toy. You are intrigued by something that is going to power you through the day, that your friend's mom is going to be proud to order for you at the drive-thru, and you might not even be asking for a Frosty with it. This is growth. This is a developing adult In a prime moment, ordering a frascata sandwich. Maybe there was like a little like honey Dijon, a little aioli. Like this was a groundbreaking sandwich if you remember it. And I hope you do because that at the top of my head right now is a sandwich that I think of every once in a while without being prompted whatsoever. Just to keep on the teeth slash carb trend, a lot of you might have noticed that I spotted a grapefruit rosé flavor of Listerine a couple of you said so how was it knowing that you probably thought I would have tried it after buying the aloe cucumber one at Ocean State Job Lot where yes I do spend a lot of my time I didn't buy it I redeemed myself with a real deal Listerine or I think I went with Crest this time and I have again received a clean bill of health at the dentist. It is the only type of insurance I carry at the moment health wise. Obviously I have car insurance, home insurance, all that shit. And I went the other day, six month checkup. They're like, your teeth are amazing. And I don't know what I do to deserve this. I don't know if it's all the crusty bread I've been eating, but maybe all the nerds gummy clusters, but they said that to my dog too when I took him for his checkup. They said his teeth are great. And we don't we don't do a lot to our teeth. So I don't know what I've done to deserve this. I have a lot of uh dental hygienists. I was gonna say gentle hygienists uh that are in the DMs. So if you if you know what I'm doing, I could share it with the people. Otherwise I always say I brush my teeth only once a day. Um that's not something I'm proud of. It's just a fact and it pays off at the dentist. So all right, enough. I'm getting on a little bit of a teeth tangent here. We are here to talk business at the bot I needs to show. Sorry, that was an unattractive sniffle. I might do that one more time. Wow, that was a lot of sniff- sniffling. Another health update would just be that um, I still am probably almost at this time, four, four weeks uh, free of nasal spray. So shout out to me. Shout out to Thanksgiving Tea giving. I don't know why I was calling that all weekend. I was calling it tea giving. Never heard of it. It wasn't giving tea at all. Maybe a little tea for me. I feel like there's always family drama around the holidays for everybody. We talked about that a little bit last week. Leading up to the holiday, you know, you see all the posts online about doing what's right for you, taking it slow, not over committing and things like that. And I respect all of that messaging because I've never been one to really hype up the holidays Um, and it's not because, you know, I'm a a child of divorce. We have our traditions, we have our things. I've grown over the years with what we do to celebrate and making my own traditions. That's something that I've mentioned a lot as kind of the new generation, the the homeowner of the group, the person that can kind of, uh, make things happen. If I want to go balls to the walls, which as I said, my front yard is balls to the walls and celebrate the holidays. But there is always some downsides. There's always some things that you get upset about, some things that you wish were different and just trying to make the most of your situation. And for me, it's sort of that no regrets approach. You know, I just want, you know, I, I do want things to be perfect. I want everything to be great. I want everybody to have a good time. And, you know, the no regrets thing is also a lot about making memories for me It's just being able to look back on the calendar, scroll through my photos a year later and be like, you know, what were we doing last year? at this time and hoping that a memory was made of some kind, whether it's, you know, just a funny anecdote, a thing that happened that we were laughing at, or, you know, a bigger adventure or something that we did. And for me, it's kind of, you know, a small squad. For the most part, it's me and Senior Botanista. And uh, we were able to spend Thanksgiving together after a very brief trip that I took to Florida to be with my boyfriend and his family, which was really nice. It was just cut a little too short for reasons I will not get into, but I did want to do two uh, things to kind of tie up the tea giving in my world. Number one, I guess I'll work backwards, is shout out, free out of the day, Baileys of Saratoga. Baileys of Saratoga is Honestly, really kind of in the heart of downtown. Sometimes I forget about places that are not right on Broadway because I'm always walking by, driving by Broadway, doing my thing up there. And I can forget about some of the side streets, some of the things that go on, you know, just literally a block away. But Bailey's is sort of at the center of it all. If you know the street, you know, it's on the corner of Phila and If you know the street, speak up. Because I actually don't know the name of the cross street. But you know everything on the street. Ice House. um, The taco place. Wasabi. The park obviously is right there. Um, It's a great little area with a lot of restaurants populated. But I don't think I really gained that full circle appreciation for Bailey's until my second year. Which was this year. Spending Thanksgiving morning there. On the topic of traditions where my mom grew up, when she moved from England here, when she was in America, same thing with my dad, their Thanksgiving Day tradition was football games. Like you play your rival high school football game and everybody goes and tailgates and brings their little flasks and mingles and, you know, chats about, you know, going out to the bar the night before or whatever. And I always thought that was such a cool thing that they did that because we don't do that here. Our high school football is pretty much over by that point. But one tradition that I've come accustomed to over the years is going to a turkey trot of some kind and then going out to a bar and having a drink downtown, whether you're celebrating running it or hiding from the cold because you didn't run it. And Bailey's is where I've done that in Saratoga the past few years. And it just is like the perfect culmination of why that is a perfect hometown bar. Everybody's in a good mood on Thanksgiving. Everybody's with their friends. When you're part of a community, and I don't do as good of a job of this, of going out like organically, you know, sometimes I forget how nice it is to just run into people that you know, whether they're, you know, close friends, people you haven't seen in a while, people you run into at the gym. There's just a really comforting familiarity of being at a spot that you frequent, that other people that you surround yourself with by proximity really are near you. It's just a really good feeling. It was great to just kind of see people from across the bar that I know. It was a lot of gym people because you know, they're active and they like to drink just like me. And just to be kind of like in, in engulfed in that atmosphere. It felt so warm and inviting. The owner is super, super nice. And you could tell he was in a good mood. He was making everybody just feel really welcome. They have a nice spread of like free bagels and donuts and stuff that people can just take by being there. And it's loud and people bring their kids and dogs. Like it was just such a cool environment. And it made me realize how Bailey's actually really does kind of incorporate all of that stuff on a yearly basis they have that huge outdoor patio they have kind of that indoor outdoor space where a lot of people will watch the bills games and stuff like that and then they have the inside which is a really cool historic building we were asking one of the girls working there what it used to be. She said the original use of that building, it's not quite a flat iron building, but it's on the corner there. She said it used to be a uh, grocery store way back in the day, which I thought was very cool. So you just get these little tidbits, you get history, you get um, your social energy for the day, because like I said, it being just me and my mom we're pretty much just inside all day by ourselves for holidays, you know. Um, Thanksgiving in particular, Easter is another one. Sometimes we choose to go out to dinner. This time we decided to cook. But for me, I need that social energy on a holiday. You know, it's I don't know if it's that feeling of everything's closed. So like I can't go anywhere or FOMO because I don't have a family party or a huge gathering or any other kind of tradition. So it's up to me to be like, nope, we're going to get that Bloody Mary. We're going to go see some faces, you know, just feel like I'm not missing out on on social things and then be able to come home and be cozy and decorate and do all the stuff that they did. So shout out to Bailey's for being that hometown spot. I also feel like if you have gone out in Saratoga over the years, I think what's nice about Bailey's is that it is age-appropriate. Like, especially on Thanksgiving morning, I guess it's kind of a different crowd. But I feel like Bailey's is the bar for those of us that are in our, like, late 20s, early 30s. And I don't mean that it's not for younger people or older people. Of course, it's inclusive for everybody. However, it seems to have a group of people in my, my age demo that gravitate towards it. You know, if you just had a baby, you can bring your baby there and, you know, still have a drink with your friends and hang out. Like it's very accepting. It's very age appropriate, um, where you don't have to be there. You know, you're not going to be there till three in the morning. Um, you're going to be there within the the good sweet spot of hours. Again, you're going to make, you know, connections run into people that make you feel good. And I like that about that because that's a huge, I think misconception about Saratoga sometimes is that, you know, it's a young crowd, it's a super party crowd, it's you got to stay up late, you got to run into everybody from high school, but when you're embedded in a community, everybody has one of those bars that you go to where you can make those connections and see people. So really enjoyed my experience at Bailey's. It definitely put um, a nicer spin on a somewhat turbulent Thanksgiving for me. I'm not, I don't want to be too dramatic, but again, there's always those family ups and downs, things that... Uh, just kind of go, go on that are beyond your control and you just got to roll with the punches and again, make that memory. So that's kind of what Bailey's is for my mom and I making that tradition. Sometimes there's more people that join us. Sometimes there's not, uh, plans change. We do all kinds of different things, but the point of being together is the point at the end of the day. So that was good for me. The second thing about tea giving is that when I was in Florida for a hot minute, I did something that I have not really done in a long time. I, we went as a family, we went to Universal, Universal, urinal, we went to the urinal together. I've never done that. I've never peed in a urinal to be clear. That's not what I was going to say that I haven't done in a long time. We went to Universal Studios in Florida. Uh, My partner's parents just bought a house like not in Orlando, but we took a day trip to Orlando to go to the park. There's uh, some kids, some teens in the family. So it was a great place for everybody to spend the day and do something cool, kind of like an early Christmas present for the kids. And I, as you guys know, I am not a ride person. So I was very go with the flow. You know, this wasn't my plan or decision, but I love new experiences. I love doing new things. So I'm like, let's do it. I haven't been there in a while. Um, it's going to be nice, sunny Florida. Get to enjoy the day with some people and just have an adventure. Again, another memory, another cool experience to have. So went to Universal Studios, knowing full well that there was a pretty high chance I was not going to get on any single ride. I, When I was little, I was a daredevil. My granddad um, would take me to the big E, which I don't know if that rings any memory bells for anybody. I think it's in West Springfield, Mass. My mom grew up like in Westfield over there. So it was like a big summer theme park carnival, I don't know, like pop-up thing. And I remember wanting to go on every single ride I could with him and I wasn't tall enough and it would always bum me out because I'm just a, a little girl and I couldn't fit on most of the rides. Uh, I think my favorite thing at the time was going down the big slide in, like, the potato sack. That was huge. Huge thrill for your girl right here. And I had that theme park energy. I had that total daredevil, evil Knievel, I think he used to call me or whatever. I don't know. I loved it. And then when I got to, like, middle school, I would say eighth grade-ish, not my cutest time. Still not my cutest time right now. I was like, hell No. Hell no. We went to Hershey Park for a cheerleading competition. I don't think I went on any ride. I was just too much of a cautious Kathy. I let everybody else go have the fun. And at that time, I think I was really enjoying just sitting with the adults and trying to make them laugh. I was that kid, which is kind of the most annoying kid in the world. Um, you know, I, I feel like that's where I got some of my comedy chops though, was just trying to make older people laugh, listening to their conversations, eavesdropping, being nosy, you know, all my favorite things in life. So that's what I would do while everybody else was at the theme park, my age, you know, I've been on the Comet, I've done some great escape stuff over the years, but there was this one ride at Universal that I guess is like probably the craziest one there. It was the Jurassic Park ride. I'm not, a Disney theme park person. So I don't know all the things and I'm not a movie person. So I hardly knew some of the references on the rides in general, but I was absolutely exhausted and overtired. And I think just on a whim was like, okay, fine. I'll go on this, uh, Jurassic park ride. And I was with like five other people, I think that went on it. And, Waited for an hour and a half. Obviously, that's a huge park, a part of all the theme park stuff. That didn't bother me. I had a beer while I was waiting, was about to pee my pants while I was waiting. One thing that could really help me on the ride, one thing that could really hurt me on the ride. But I knew I needed the beer to get a little liquid courage. I like that you could walk through with it. I like social public beers like that, just being able to walk around. So that was great, but there are no bathrooms when you go to wait for these rides. So that was unfortunate. So as the ride was approaching, I was more worried about peeing my pants than I was actually riding the ride. I'd seen it go around a couple times. And the one thing that did make me very fearful was that I'm used to going on roller coasters where the safety bars go over your shoulders and this ride was so loopy loopy upside downy, twisty-turny and the straps only went around your waist and I was like that just doesn't feel good to me. Like I need to like hold on to that over my shoulders. I hate that feeling on rides when you Jolt your body forward and you're like leaning on those straps so much. So that really freaked me out going into the ride. But other than that, I didn't put much thought into it. And I will tell you, coming off that ride, the five other people that I was with said, hands down, that was the craziest roller coaster they have ever been on. And I just want to clap it up for myself that I did that because that is so not my bag, baby. But I just said, Taylor. You're doing it for the experience, for the memory. You're living up to all the things that you just talked about on your podcast. You're going to do it. And I will say as well, I think I had fun. I actually enjoyed it. It was thrilling. Some experts have um, assumed or formulated the thought that as a newer ride, potentially, it's a little bit smoother. I don't know if my coaster people want to come out of the woodwork here, I was recently watching this show called like Extreme Backyards and there was a guy in like Canada or something who built his own roller coasters in his backyard. Don't even want to talk about that because it's just beyond my level of comprehension. But maybe because it was a newer ride, it was like super smooth. Like you weren't jolting the way that I talked about. You just like keep your head back. So it was quick. It was relatively painless. I might have blacked out, but I'm a roller coaster girl now. It was the only one of the day that I really did. I did other rides, but nothing as extreme as that. Uh, There was one a little later in the afternoon. If you're not familiar with Universal, the park is split up into two. That's how they get you. That's one thing you'll say all day when you go to an amusement park. That's how they get you because everything costs money. When you go on a wet ride, there's an automatic dryer that costs $8 to get in. If you want to squirt somebody on the wet ride, you got to pay like a dollar to put a little water cannon in their face when they're going by before the photo op. Everything costs money. Everything's an ordeal. That's how they'll get you. But there was one ride in the second half of universal. So the second half is like, I don't know. I I don't think the second half is as good, but it's where like the main Harry Potter attraction is, which there's a lot of Harry Potter people that go to universal. I, I swear to God, I've never seen any of the movies that are themed at this park. Um, but there was this one ride. I thought it was the Jimmy Fallon ride because he has his own thing there, but his is like more of an experience. It's called like the, the riding, rocking roller coaster or something. And when we were taking a little break from the action, I saw it out of the corner of my eye. in this roller coaster, while not nearly as scary and as intimidating as the one that I rode, and that's not a flex, that's just a fact. It just didn't look as crazy. The beginning of it is that slow Build to your drop, but you are at a sharp angle. I believe it would be a 90 degree angle. I believe any former math instructor of mine would be disappointed to know that I don't know for sure that it's a 90 degree angle, it's straight up and down. It's just straight. And the the roller coaster just goes completely up straight. So instead of looking at an angle, another angle, you're looking at the sky. And I saw that and I did say for sure not. F no, absolutely the F not. I'm not going on that. Even though the rest of the ride did not seem as crazy, God forbid you ever got stuck and you were literally looking just at the sky, would completely freak me out. Like you can hardly turn your head. You're I, that is just not an angle that I want to be in at any point in my life. Swear to God, I was already planning on talking about this on the pod as more of a is it worth it type of thing. Like should we, you know, should we go? Should you go if you're ever in Florida? I get a text from my boyfriend's mom at 117 p.m. I'm recording this at three right now. Riders trapped vertically for an hour on Universal Studios Orlando roller coaster rescued reports. This is people.com. So, on Thanksgiving night, 48 hours after I was at this theme park, Universal Studios Florida theme park riders had to be rescued after they were stuck in a vertical position for nearly an hour on the night of Thanksgiving. Individuals were riding, here's the name so you know, Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket attraction when the incident happened. The fire department received an emergency call that people were stuck. No injuries or hospital transports. Thank freaking God. Oh, my shit. Oh, my shit. The roller coaster stopped at 8.30 p.m. during its initial vertical ascent, okay? Leaving 24 passengers stranded. They were removed safely from the 167-foot-tall attraction. Oh, my shit, baby. I would die. I would die. The one thing that is nice is me, my mentality going into going, was that I'm at Universal, you know? I'm not at a local theme park. I'm not at the Altamont Fairgrounds. If anybody knows how to do it, it's these people here in Orlando, even though I'm pretty sure, like, Disney has no affiliation with Universal, and I can presume that disney is really truly the cream of the crop as they say but like universal has to be up there with it right like it's not the most clean pristine theme park as opposed to what people tell you about disney where like you'll never see a piece of gum and they you know have a certain bending tactic that they do so they don't like lift their bum in the air when they pick up said dropped gum i would think that universal like almost could have no no room for error here like i'm i'm going on all the rides that i did go on being like it's it's the most professional theme park, like, in the world. It's the cream of the crop. Like, nothing bad is going to happen. The fact that that happened 48 hours after I was there, and that was a ride that the rest of the group that I was with went on, I am like, I think my whole opinion has changed. Like, I was going to say, like, it's worth it. You know, it's expensive, of course, to go to these places, but if you have kids, teenagers, definitely better for Universal. I would say boys or universal theme people like that definitely better. Like my experience in terms of is it worth it made me personally, if I were to do it again in the near future, definitely want to go to Disney. I've always wanted to see Disney through the eyes of an adult, not through the eyes of a Disney adult, just being clear, even though I have very good dear friends that are Disney adults. And I, I think I understand the hype. Um, I just want to see it through the eyes of an adult. I have actual core memories of being at the castle, seeing Cinderella, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I haven't been in many, many years. So I'd like to go to Disney to see that nostalgic element, to see the characters and the movies that I grew up watching and to really kind of also see that level of professionalism because so many places like business models, customer service models are modeled after Disney because that's how good they do it. So, Definitely, if you're doing a theme park, like that's where my heart would go. I think I would want to rather invest in Disney. Again, for Universal, if you have a different age group, if you have people that are into Jurassic Park, The Hulk, uh, there were some throwback movies. Uh, I don't know. I didn't know any of the movies, so I really can't say. If you're into Universal Studios, yes, go there. Uh, I wouldn't even say like the wait times. I know that's a huge thing at Disney. People have like that fast pass. You can book more stuff in advance. You know, I I don't think the wait is that horrible. Like, you know, you kind of have things to look at and watch throughout the line. You can bring a beer. That certainly helps if you're above the age of 21. And we went, it wasn't a super hot day. It was beautiful. It was like a perfect, like 80 degrees. So, I don't think that's a huge deterrent. I think it's just a marathon of a day. We were there for like 12 hours. uh, Not eating the best food you've ever eaten in your life, that's for sure. But again, is that your expectation? Is that really why you're there? So all in all, I would say it's a very cool day, especially as a family experience or if you're just an adventurous couple or whatever. But next time I have the opportunity, I will definitely be going to do Disney thinking about the Disney fit. Like, I want to do it real good. I want to do Disney right and just see it through the eyes of an adult one time before I have kids. And then when my kids are seven, they will be able to come to Disney and have that experience. No, I'm just kidding. That's just something I say that I know once I have kids, if I ever have kids, uh, that wouldn't be true and that I would cave and take someone uh, below the age of remembering anything to a very expensive theme park. So those are my Thanksgiving things. Now I'm going to transition into holiday mode as I sit here in the botanista's winter wonderland. One big bone that I have to pick that boils my blood. It does not make my heart grow three sizes. And this is maybe cliche. This is like overly talked about. I am so over all of these fucking sales. I am over more More so than the sales themselves. I am actually like aggravated and annoyed and upset by the media's portrayal of Black Friday, Cyber Monday, the holiday shopping season, and the holiday travel season. If you watch the news as much as I do, I swear, year after year, they could literally just play the exact same segment that they played a year before. They could use the same statistics, the same numbers, the same information and just never change it because it's always an overhyped, over sensationalized portrayal of our American urge to just be American and go all out and consumer spend off, off the fucking charts. It's just too much and it makes people feel like... Extreme in one way or the other. Like, part of me, when they say, like, we've spent record amounts, we've spent 25% more this year, maybe it was 2.5%, doesn't matter more than we did last year on Black Friday. I'm like, I don't think that's true. Inflation is still through the roof. Conversations that I have with a lot of people are like, no, we're cutting back. We're not going all out this year. We're going to save for something more substantial. We're going to spend it on a non-material item like travel and trips. But then the TV is telling me people are spending more on everything and anything and getting their hands on every product. And it just makes me feel sick. Like as someone that I'm not perfect, I'm no angel, I am surrounded by a lot of stuff. If I want something, I usually find a creative way to buy it because I am not the smartest with my finances. I'm not going without. I have got I have definitely cut back a lot. I'm doing much better as someone that has a lot of stuff. I think They are making it sound crazy. And if you are really going out there and buying all that stuff, why are you doing it? Like, are you doing it because the media is telling you to? Because I do feel that that's a thing. You know, all of the urgency and the text reminders and the reports and everything making you feel like you have to be a part of this or else you're missing out on something. You're not getting the best deal. You're not, you know, doing whatever. Are you doing it because you want to make other people happy and you think that stuff is the way to people's hearts? That I am over. I will, like, honestly say I've been trying to get my family to scale back over the years. But in my household, I feel it has always been quantity over quality in some way. Like, even at the age that I'm at now, my mom goes crazy at Christmas on, like, they're like my tree. It's like, it's over the top. There's gifts everywhere, everywhere. And it's not that it's stuff that we don't appreciate, or it's not that it's stuff that we don't like or need. It's just too much for one day, you know? And I think part of that, just for my mom's sake, is she loves to shop and she loves a deal and she loves to make us happy with stuff, but it's like, we don't need it anymore. We're too old. If I need socks, I'm going to go buy socks. If I need a new pair of boots, I'm going to go buy them. And I love the personal touches. I love, you know, seeing something in a store and saying so-and-so would love this and buying it for that reason. But buying just to buy, I mean, it just doesn't contribute to anything good anymore, in my opinion. You know, I think kids nowadays are you know, being brought up differently, this slow lifestyle, this kind of more grateful energy and atmosphere. I think when we grew up, it was the, you know, etch a sketches and the freaking night brights and the brat stalls and like you, you felt like you had to have everything that you circled in the catalog. And you know, I, I feel like I was probably definitely really blessed growing up, getting you know a lot of those big ticket commercial items that were hot on the streets. I don't know if I ever told this story though. I'll just take a quick aside. When I was little, I grew up in the era of American Girl dolls, much like most of you that are listening to this podcast. And if I'm being true to my memory, I don't ever feel that I had a burning desire to have one. I definitely was more of that Barbie, Bratz, Polly Pocket. I had different interests. I was doing different things. I was like bringing my sister into the bathroom with me and playing like school teacher, bossing her around. Like I had different priorities. I wanted to be Judge Judy or president when I grew up after finding out that I could never be America's next top model. So I wasn't dying to have an American Girl doll, but I'm sure it would have been nice to have one. I can't say whether it was on my Christmas list or it wasn't, but maybe it was one of those things that I thought I was going to get because it was everywhere, but I definitely didn't be like, I need Felicity and I need her to be wearing this and have blue eyes and green, you know, whatever. Like I did, I wasn't like that. But what did shock me to my core one year was that in the height of the American Girl doll popularity, I opened up a Grinch doll. This was the year that the Grinch with Jim Carrey came out and the Grinch that looked just like Jim Carrey was on my floor in my living room in an unwrapped, box that I opened on Christmas day. I, I think I saw the movie, The Grinch with Jim Carrey in the theaters. I think I liked it just as much as the next kid, but I don't know what possessed Santa. If you're listening to this on speakerphone or my parents, if you're listening to this via Bluetooth in a safe car or in your headphones to buy me a Grinch doll. If you Do you guys know the Grinch? I just saw him in Universal. We had breakfast with him. He's not a comfy, cozy character, right? Like, he's what you'd be scared of being under your bed. You don't want to cuddle with him and invite him in to tuck into your sheets for the night. What on earth made my parents think that a Grinch doll was something that I wanted? I do not know. I'm. I will ask my mom tonight when I talk to her why she chose that for me. But to further this kind of confusion and childhood core memory slash heartbreak slash uh, being bullied or shunned or whatever, I remember taking the Grinch doll, who I think I was quite proud to have. I wasn't like embarrassed or upset that my parents gave it to me. I was just probably like odd choice, but let's move on. I brought the Grinch to a play date in this uh, neighborhood called Knoll Top in Clifton Park. I rolled with a little bit of a crew there and we went for our winter break play date there. And every single girl at the play date had an American Girl doll. Some girls at the play date had two. I brought the Grinch. Can you imagine being in second grade and bringing the Grinch to the most white girl, buttoned up, blue hair. Why do I keep saying blue hair? Blue eyes, brown hair, plaid dress meetup of all time. I mean, you have Felicity, you have Chastity, whoever the fuck their names were. You have all these like American girls lined up and I bring the Grinch. That is the most Taylor thing of all time. That is so me. I was always trying to stand out. I just told intern Aaron about my Ed Hardy knockoff Ugg boots because I was like, I don't need Uggs. I don't want my parents to buy them. I want Ed Hardy boots that had a freaking tiger on them. Like, that was the kind of kid I was sometimes. I played the baritone because I just wanted to be obnoxious and show off or whatever. I don't know. So I brought the Grinch to that play date with no shame in my game. But I did think for a minute, as a young girl, that maybe one of the girls that had two American Girl dolls would let me play with one for the purpose of keeping with the theme keeping with the American Girl doll theme, making the play date consistent. Play dates like that are all about a story. What are the American Girl dolls doing together? Did they just go to lunch? Are they at school? Are they playing house? The Grinch just doesn't insert himself very naturally into some of those scenarios. And I will never forget to this day that Beep Beep did not let me play with her American Girl doll and made me feel for one of the first times in my life, truly left out and not part of the group. And like, I didn't have enough. Like I didn't come to the party with what was expected of me. I showed up with my Grinch and I marched him home. And I was like, F the American Girl dolls and all the girls that have them. That is a true story. Anyway, back to my original point. I just, I, I, I know the media is obviously not the most trustful outlet As a whole, anymore in today's modern world, social media, whatever. But when they throw out these crazy numbers of spending, it's always to make people feel like people are spending more. And then they do the whole slap your wrist thing about credit card debt and interest rates. And then I really have to turn it off because I can't listen to that right now. But it's like, I just think it does make a lot of us feel really bad. It's like you feel like you have to go all out to make people happy. It's worth going into debt to make people happy. And if you don't go crazy, like, you know, what else are you going to do? Like, I don't know. I just hate it. And I think it's really overhyped. I think that there's so many better ways to give a thoughtful gift. Uh, Sal Volcano is one of my favorite comics. He's on Impractical Jokers as well. But he, um, on a podcast a few months ago, was talking about how much he loves Christmas and he's a huge Christmas person. And something he does throughout the year is if he's in a conversation with somebody, you know, that he would buy a gift for, you know, a niece, a nephew, a family member, aunt, uncle, brother, sister, whoever. And he has a conversation with them just naturally, like out in the world where they mention something that they really like, he makes a note of it on his phone. And makes sure that when it's time to give that person a gift, whether it's birthday, Christmas, whatever, that he can circle back and and bring back a, a, an item that really means something to that person and that they would really enjoy as a gift. Because there's nothing cooler when you give someone a gift that they go, oh my God, you listen to me. Like you listen to me. You know, it's it's no different than, you know, right now if my partner brought home like my you know, I said the other day, I really wanted peppermint stick ice cream. And there, there it is, you know, it's like people listen to you. And I think, you know, listening is a a really nice way to show that you care. And then adding that second layer and giving a gift that shows that, you know, you were paying attention to an offhand conversation that somebody said six months ago, that is a cool gift. That is something that I want to put my money into doing. Local, of course, shopping local, that's a great way to give gifts. That's a great way to give back to your community and the people that that really need you this time of year. And I had one other thing that I was gonna say about gift giving. Oh, well, two more things. Uh, the other is, I think, along with the lines of like being a good listener gift-wise, I know something that a lot of other families do, especially when you have a big family and you're going to like Christmas Day with like 20 people. I don't have that many people. There's basically four of us on Christmas here. Um, is they'll either draw a name, that's what they do. If you have a big family, you draw a name of all 20 and you give that one person a nice gift and not like a $25 gift. Like you might spend, depending on your family and what your traditions are, you might spend, you know, a hundred, a couple hundred dollars on the gift for that person, but you're only giving one gift for the whole gathering. And again, it's something that's more personal, more thoughtful that you really know someone's going to love because There's nothing worse than shopping for somebody that you have no idea what they want, no idea what size they are or what they're going to like or what they already have. It just ends up with so much junk. I hate getting like gag gifts, stupid shit, stuff that I don't open, stuff that I already have something of. So I'm going to try my best to bring that approach to my family this year to just be a little more conscious of everything, of money, of the environment, of our time, of what we really need like making the holiday about cooking a bomb ass dinner instead or going for a walk in the woods or just not making it so commercial. I think that would make me happy. So, since there's only four of us, I think we could probably each give one really nice gift to everybody. We don't have to draw names, but just being more thoughtful, being more intentional. I think the older you get, especially, you know, pre-kids, again, I don't have cousins, aunts, uncles, nephew. I don't have any extended family to to like you don't have to worry about a million presents. So I'd rather just do something really nice and really, really cool, you know, something personalized, something locally made, something commissioned, if you will. Like that's the kind of stuff that I want to focus on this year. My last thing is, if you do shop the sales, and I know I've said this before, if you do see a sale online, because, oh, by the way, oh, last Wednesday when I was at Universal, I was literally getting my texts. The one one sale a year I always do is the Glossier sale, which sorry, it actually is over today. But um, the Glossier sale was always 20% off the entire website, Black Friday only. And i have a l- longtime Glossier girl, many episodes and topics dedicated to their stuff. And even though I've like kind of come down off of it, it's still the majority of my staple beauty and skincare products. I just love the price point. I love it for my skin. I just, I've always recommended it. I, I love Glossier and it really is, it really has been forever. The only time of year they do a sale. I was in the car on the way back from Universal getting the texts being like, you better do it now. You better do it now. And I'm like, Ugh. It's just like not the right time. I was getting got by the urgency. I'm like, I really need to do it now. I do want to stock up on my makeup. And like in a week from now, if it's not on sale, like I'm just like, now I'm throwing more money away type of thing. So I'm like, you know what? Hang tough. Don't do it. Next day. Guess what? The sale's still going on. Next day. Guess what? The sale's still going on. Kind of feel bad for Black Friday because now everybody's waiting for Cyber Monday. Long story short is I waited almost a full week to see if the sale was still still going on. And on the last day, it was 30% off and they gave me a free freaking candle. So it just goes to show you, be patient, hold out a little bit. If it's something you really can't live without or is limited quantities, you know, whatever, get it. But they did finally get me on the last day. They kind of put me over the edge with the candle. I'm like, all right, fine, I'll do it. And I did save. So that's one sale that I know is reoccurring, but it's for me. And that's my point here. If there's anything you really want, I swear, just get it for yourself. Like, then you won't be disappointed on Christmas if somebody didn't get you the thing you really wanted. If you want to take advantage of a sale on activewear or gold jewelry or makeup or whatever that is purely, strictly for you, treat yourself, be your own Santa. I find that that is a good strategy. It makes me happy and satisfied deep down that I'm not missing out, that I am getting the things that I really want, and I'm not relying on somebody else to do it for me. So, that is my holiday gifting. Uh, nobody asked me, round up thought process. Try as best as you can to now. Ignore the text because, you know, it's just it's just not the world we're living in anymore. People are just not Despite what they say, I really don't think people are bawling out like they used to. So that is my piece on that. It's already been 47 minutes. Uh, I think I'm just going to call it here. You know, that was pretty much all. I had a couple random things that we can get to next week. So go out there and eat some crunchy bread. Speaking of sales, you can shop 40% off the Two Buttons Deep store. That is clearance, baby. That is keeping me in business. That is keeping Two Buttons Deep in business. Great again, local gift. I know I don't have a brick and mortar. I know it's kind of different to support somebody in the virtual world, but we do sell physical merch that I ship and hand pack and write notes and send stickers and do that all out of my garage, which I really want to be able to park in this winter when there's a snowstorm. So I will see you next Tuesday. The live show full announcement and ticket sales are going up later this week. If you're listening now, psst, at the Comedy Works in Saratoga on Thursday, December 14th. We're going to giddy the fuck up. We're going to have a great time, tell some jokes. There's going to be live music. And if we sell it out, there might be more in store. So keep an eye on for the ticket sales this week. Tell your friends, make your plans. Thursday, December 14th at the Comedy Works in Saratoga Springs. I will see you virtually online in your headphones next Tuesday. And then the week after that, I believe is the mother freaking show. And when she's dressed, up, around everybody be breaking a neck like who that girl